Hello there, and welcome to episode 7 of the Atlanta Man podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rogers, and on today's episode, we'll be talking about the very rough, rough week that the Atlanta sports teams had, the two that are playing games, the Hawks and the Braves. Uh, Hawks went 0-2 on the week. They lost back-to-back games of their playoff series against the 76ers, so they are down 2-1 to in their series. And the Braves go 2-4 and four on the week, losing both series to the Phillies and the Marlins, and losing the Phillies one in pretty brutal fashion. But we'll get into that later on the episode. But we're going to start off with the Hawks. Um, they came into this week up 1-0 in the series against Philadelphia. Really good shape, winning game one on the road. And they stayed on the road for game two in Philly. Uh, game two was on Tuesday night. And I will get started on the recap of that game right now. So, game starts off really ugly. Honestly, from the opening tip, um, the Hawks actually win the opening tip. But um, get the ball all the way in their own backcourt. Philadelphia gets in, I believe Tobias Harris dunks it. And, yeah, Hawks get the opening tip but still give up two points. So, really just a, really just a bum, um, microcosm of how the game started. Just really rough um, from the tip. But yeah, the Hawks get dominated to start the game. They go down 20-4 to to open up the game. Just very cold shooting all around for the Hawks. And Philadelphia really had it going. So they, they trailed 20-4 to out of the gate. And then they ended up trailing 23-6 to at their second timeout of the game. Just try to stop the bleeding. So already had to burn two timeouts. Just couldn't really get anything going offensively or defensively to start the game. Philadelphia just came out dominating. Um, kind of just a carryover from the fourth quarter of game one. Where Philadelphia was just kind of doing whatever they wanted to the Hawks. Um, Trey plays the entire first quarter, and the Hawks do make their way back into the game somewhat. And after one, um, really not that bad of a quarter. They they lose the quarter thirty three to twenty, but that's really not that bad of how the game started. Being down twenty three to six, um, so being down thirteen is actually a win. <laughs> that's how bad they were. That being down thirteen is actually a good thing. Um, but yeah, they. <laughs> Very manageable, especially after just one quarter being down only 13. Um, Sixers had 24 points in the paint in the first quarter. So they were just getting dominated, dominated um, next to the basket. Embiid was kind of doing what he wanted in the in the first. Simmons was getting to the rack. Tobias Harris had a big first quarter. Um, he had 16 points, actually, Tobias Harris did. So, yeah, really good, really good start for him. Um the Hawks score, start off the second quarter, the Hawks score the fi- the first five points of the second. Uh, that will prompt a timeout from Doc Rivers uh, to regroup the Sixers. And the Hawks end up cutting the lead to 35-33. to And then Trey returns when the lead is cut with 7.30 left in the second. So um, good job by the bench in the opening minutes of the second to get the Hawks back into back really close into, into this game. So just down two points and having Trey on back in is um really big. You know, you're expecting to go up at that point with Trey back in. Um, Clint Capella actually had a really nice dunk on Joel Embiid. Um, I think him and Embiid actually exchanged dunks. Embiid got one on him too, but I might be a little biased here, but I do think Clint's was a, a bit more a bit more of a baptism, if you will, than uh, Embiid's was on Capella. Um, the Philly does go on a 9-2 run, which prompts a Hawks timeout. So with Trey back on the floor, starters back on the floor, um, 9-2 run for Philly, not what you want. Um, there was a no call on an up and down 
um, from Trey, which the Hawks got away with, and that led to a herder three. So a, a break for the Hawks right there. Um, as it should have been Philly ball, but it ended up getting three points out of it on Herder's three-pointer. Um, and then a little bit later on, Embiid and Gallinari both get technical fouls after a scuffle. Um, it, it's pretty like a dumb situation all around. Um, I think Gallinari just kind of gets under people's skin. This happened in the Knicks series. Like Reggie Bullock was not very happy with Gallinari in the Knicks series either. But uh, Gallinari was getting helped up. I don't remember by who, but on his way getting lifted up, he just kind of bumps Embiid um, on his shoulder. Not like it super hard or anything, but it was probably intentional, but it wasn't like anything like malicious. But Embiid did not like it, and Gallinari must have already been in her skin because he immediately just kind of runs down Gallinari and just shoves him in the back. Um, Gallinari doesn't fall or anything. He just kind of stumbles forward. But, uh, yeah, Embiid gets teed up for that, and um, I guess they, te- they end up reviewing it and teeing up Gallinari too for, I guess, the inciting it, I guess, with the bump. Um, when they were reviewing it originally, I was wondering, it's like, are they going to throw Embiid out of this game? Um, because if you – he already got one technical foul for pushing Gallinari in the back, but punching the air, um, according to NBA rule, is also um, grounds for a technical foul. And he did punch the air talking to the ref. So I was reviewing them and thinking that um, – MB might be getting ejected from the game for the double technical for this, which I would have been shocked if they did that, but it was just a thought that crossed my mind when they were reviewing it. But they ended up giving Gallinari a tech too, which I don't I don't think was necessary. He didn't really do anything that warranted a technical foul. Um, I think it was just really just because he incited Embiid pushing him and the mini scuffle that ensued. So, yeah, just my thoughts on that. Um, if Embiid would have gotten ejected right here, that would have been a huge swing for the Hawks of Embiid getting ejected in the second quarter but yeah did end up happening double text and uh, we'll move on from there um two huge threes followed by um kevin herter and um gallinari that cut the lead to two at the half um i just want to say this kevin herter and gallinari were awesome in the first first half but kevin herter was insane he was incredible um, I'll get into his numbers in the first half in a second, but yeah, like I said, the Hawks cut the lead to two at the half. Like I said, they trailed twenty-three to six to start the game. You know, being down two at the half is really, really solid and right where you want to be. They end the second quarter in an eight-zero run. Um, zero bench points for the 76ers in the first half, and thirty-two for the Hawks. So, like I said, Gallinari and Herder coming off the bench was huge. Um, Getting to their numbers now, Gallo had 15 at the half. Kevin also had 15, but on 6 of 6 field goal shooting and 3 of 3 from three-pointers. So just an outstanding first quarter for or first half for Kevin Herter. He was perfect um, shooting-wise. And he's been playing really solid defense too. Gallinari with 15, he was really good. Um, 30 of the 32 bench points for the Hawks came from just those two guys, and they really kept them in the game in the first half, honestly. Um, Kevin Herter was just awesome. I really can't get over. He's been so good in the entire playoffs up until um, up until this game. Um, he wasn't great in Game Three. I'll get into that later. But um, yeah. So, oh, and, and another stat on Herter and Gallinari. Actually, I just almost overread this, but they combined for the thirty points. Like I said, on just fifteen shooting possessions, and in the first half, which is incredible. Um, just so they averaged every time they shot the ball, they averaged two points. Um, yeah, they just really weren't missing. They were awesome in the first first half. Um, so we head to the second half now, and the Hawks end up tying this game, actually. 
Um, despite being opening the game twenty to four and twenty three to six, they tied the game at fifty nine, but the it just kind of fell apart right after they tied it. Honestly, because a fourteen to four run by the Sixers immediately followed the tie of the game. Um, uh, Kevin Herter continued to be unreal. He had an and one on a short range jumper. Really nice play by him. And then a 10 to 2 run with back to back threes by Bogey to cut the lead back down to one. So after the kind of mini disaster of going down by 10 after tying it, the Hawks were able to cut the lead back down to one point. Um, the Hawks and the Hawks end up actually taking the lead after this when they go up by one after Trey hit two free throws. So Hawks end up taking the lead too in this game after going down 23 to 6, tying the game up, then going back down by 10 again. So they, and they end up coming back again, and the Hawks have the lead in the third quarter. But a really, really unfortunate end to the quarter as uh, Shake Milton hit a three at the buzzer, which just really hurt. It was like a 30-footer, and the Hawks end up trailing 91-84 to 84 after three. Uh, they end up taking the lead in time the game this quarter, but they end up losing the quarter by five as they only trail by two heading into the half. Um, the Shake Milton three was just kind of a – wasn't like a – back break or anything or anything but it just hurt in the moment um and shake milton would continue his antics in the fourth not antics but he was just really good uh the sixers start off the fourth with a 6-0 run promising atlanta timeout and uh trey checks in with 9-10 left and the hawks are down by 18 so things just really fell apart in the late third quarter early fourth fourth quarter and um really the hawks just couldn't get nothing going for the rest of the game um and that, that was pretty much it. Uh, the Sixers just you really just beat the Hawks down in the fourth. Um, I really think the Hawks just used up all their gas getting the game back tied and taking the lead briefly in the third, and they just ran out of gas in the fourth because it takes a lot. When you go down that big that early um, by, like, 17 points and you have to scra scrape and claw your way back into the game, it's tough to maintain that kind of intensity all the way through, especially when you go down so early in the game. By the time it's the fourth quarter, most of these guys are out of gas. I mean, Kevin Herter was insane in the first half and really the whole game, but he he himself, who was just the best player, for maybe the best player for the Hawks in this game, honestly, um, just kind of ran out of gas in the fourth. Everyone kind of did. Um, now we're going to get into some overall underlying numbers in the game. The Hawks do end up losing the game 118-102. to um, just, yeah, not a great defensive fourth quarter for the Hawks. Uh, they only give up 27 points, which isn't, like, insane, but there was some garbage time in this game. Uh, they only score 18 points. But, yeah, so Hawks, really good effort to get back in the game in the third, but really just ran out of gas in the fourth. Going down that going down big that early really cost them in the long run, This even though they were able to cut the deficit in the second and third quarter. Um, we'll get into some... Uh, individual stats now in the game we'll start with Trey Young only 21 points for him um this was largely due to the fact that he didn't have Danny Green covering him anymore they moved Simmons on him and um Thibel briefly but Simmons was on Trey for most of the game um he saw a 21 points which isn't like bad or anything but Trey's been like averaging around 30 in the playoffs he had 36 in game one so it, it was you kind of expected more for him offensively scoring wise he did have 11 assists which is really good but he just he only shot six of 16 from the field and just one of seven for three so not awesome stuff he did go eight of nine from the free throw line but uh trey was not 
lights out um, offensively like he has been, but still not a bad performance at all. Um, moving on to the two bench guys that went crazy, Herder and Gallinari. Um, Herder, Herder had 20 points, uh, 3 of 5, 3-point shooting, 8 of 10 field goal shooting, 1 of 1 from the free throw line. He was incredible. Like I said, he's been incredible all playoffs. He was plus 4 in this game. And then uh, Gallinari also off the bench. He had 21 points, which tied Trey for uh, the team lead in points. 21 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists on a 7 of 15 shooting, 5 of 9 from 3. So really good 3-point outing from Gallo. He was really huge off the bench. Him and um, Herder were the only um, positive plus minuses for the Hawks. As Herder was plus 4, Gallinari was plus 2. Um, more from the starting lineup, John Collins had a eh game. Um, only 8 points, 10 rebounds, 4 of 11 shooting, 0 of 1 from 3. Um, you'd like to see John get up some more threes maybe. He just wasn't really getting as many good looks as he had been getting previously because um, he's a solid three-point three, three point shooter for uh, being a power four, but only one attempt and he missed it. So you kind of liked him to get some more good looks from three and make them. Uh, he was he was minus nine. Um, we'll move on to Solomon Hill, who got the start after uh, DeAndre Hunter was ruled out in this game um, with his knee injury. We'll get more into that later because that got worse. So he gets the start. He goes zero points and uh, 0 for 2 from 3, 2 rebounds, and was minus 18, which was pretty rough. Might have thought they could start Herter in Game 3. Um, thinking that at the time of how good Herter played, we'll get more into that later. Capella, 10 points, 8 rebounds, 5 of 7 from five of seven shooting. Um, he, just not, not, a, not a great, great game for Capella. Um, him only getting eight boards is uh, kind of a disappointment with his season average being around like 14. Um, he had the worst plus minus on the whole team, minus 25. Um, and he just is having a really rough time this series guarding Joel Embiid. And that's really not a fault of his. Um, it's really not his skill set guarding a center like Embiid. Um, I'm not really going to put too much of the blame of Embiid just going crazy on Capella. Even though he is the one primarily guarding him, no one can guard Joel Embiid in the league. There's only, like a, only a handful of guys that can do that. And Capella's just not one, and I'm not going to fault him for that. Um, Bogdanovich, he had 14 points in this game on 6 of 16 shooting, 2 of 6 from 3. So not a great game from him either. Um, already went over Trey Young, and that's pretty much it for um, all the Hawks' main contributors. Lou had 6 points off the bench. Um, he, had, he, he went to the line for 4 free throws, so that was really his main contribution. Um, and that was pretty much it from the bench scoring. But for the bench scoring, um, the bench had 49 points, and... Gallinari and Herter had 41 of them. So, yeah, you had six from Lou, and then Nathan Knight actually had a bucket in garbage time. So that was really it um, for the Hawks bench unit and the Hawks' overall offensive output. Uh, we'll move on to Philly's offensive output, which was um, a lot a lot better than Atlanta's because Hawks couldn't stop them. Um, Tobias Harris, like I said, he had the huge first quarter with 16 points. Uh, he did cool down. He did. He only finished with 22, but he did go 11 of 19 shooting. Um, Danny Green, five points, two of six shooting, one of five from three. Um, I think he 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 left this game with an injury, um, actually. So, or he he left game through an injury. Sorry about that. Uh, then Joel Embiid, 40 points, <laughs> 13 rebounds, and two assists on 13 of 25 shooting, two of five from three, and he went to the line 16 times and made 12 of them. So, yeah, MB just absolutely dominated the Hawks once again in Game 2. He had 39 in Game 1, 40 in Game 2. So just a really strong offensive performance from him. 
with his even with his injured knee, he has been incredible up to this point. Uh, ben Simmons only had four points, only took three shots, made made two or three of them. Uh, went 0 of two from the free throw line. He had seven assists. Simmons so Simmons just wasn't a huge factor. He was really getting to the rim with ease in game one. That really was just wasn't happening here in game two. Um, more just distributing the ball around more than anything. Um, and then Seth Curry had a really good game, twenty one points. Uh, five of six from three, just insane shooting from Seth Curry. Um, and then we go to their bench, and um, really the main contributor off their bench was Shake Milton. Only played 14 minutes, but he had 14 points. Uh, like I said, he hit the huge three to end the third quarter, but he kept on in the fourth. He goes five of eight from the field, four or five from threes, and uh, finished with 14 points. And a plus 15, plus minus, which led the team. So, yeah, he was really – he had the offense taken for Philadelphia when he was out there. Uh, he had a really, really good game off the bench and uh, really was a, one of the main guys that just kind of buried the Hawks here in Game 2. So Hawks drop Game 2, 118-102. Pretty disappointing defensive effort. And, unfortunately, that would continue in Game 3. Uh, Hawks uh, go with the same starters as Game 2 to start Game 3, so no Kevin Herter. Um, I thought they might have gone Herter for Game 3, how well he played off the bench. Uh, but they do keep Solomon Hill in the starting lineup for Game 2. Or not for not Game 2, Game 3, rather. Uh, Bogey starts off the game with four, the first four points from either team. And uh, first seven for the Hawks total. So Bogey started the game off 4 to nothing just by himself, and he got the Hawks for seven points. So he had it going early. Had it going early. Uh, super rocky start for both the teams, just really sloppy basketball. Like it was just, um, yeah, both teams were turning the ball over, foul fest, all that. Just not good, not fun to watch from either side. Uh, Herder checks in for solo with 630 left in the first, so they go to him um, for some offensive production with six minutes left. Uh, then right after Herter checks in, three consecutive turnovers by both teams. So they go back and forth turnovers. Sloppy basketball continues. Uh, then the Sixers go on a 13-3 run to go up by 7, 21-14. Got a football score right there. And uh, both teams end the quarter, in the first quarter with their full bench units, which is just so bizarre um, in a playoff game uh, for Rivers and McMillan. They both did this, but uh, Philly does win the first quarter, 28-20. to 20. Um, Not as disastrous as the Game 2 first quarter, which that would have been hard to do, but uh, still not good nonetheless. Uh, trail by 8. Korkmaz uh, in the first had 11 points on 3 of 3 shooting, 2 of 2 from 3-pointers. Um, so him coming off the bench was really big for the Sixers and really elevated them. Uh the Hawks end up trailing forty-one to thirty after uh, Shake Milton hits a three, and the first and that prompts the first time out of the second, and the Hawks do cut it back um to within seven after a lob from Trey to Collins, which prompts a Doc Rivers timeout for the Sixers. Um, full starting unit comes back onto the court with six forty-eight left in the second quarter, and uh, there's just a lot of whistles in the second, um, just kind of some more sloppy play from both teams, just a lot of fouls. Um, but um, if we head to the end of the quarter, Trey hits a, a layup with uh, about half a second left to cut the lead to five at the half, and the the lead is sixty one to fifty six Philly at the half. So the Hawks win the second quarter by two points. Uh, they they uh, or by three points rather, uh, thirty six to thirty three. 
after um, losing by eight in the first. So they're only down by two at the half. Not not disastrous at all. Um, or not down, down by two at the half, sorry, down by five at the half, um, which is not bad at all. Um, you'll take that and um, kind of run with it. Uh, Trey has 16 points at the half on five of nine shooting, four assists. Bogdan goes for 15 at the half on six of nine shooting, so a, a nice shooting performance from Bogey in the first half. Um, the main story coming from Philly and uh, their main their boost in the first half was really from their bench. Cork uh, Maz and Dwight Howard had a big first house for them. Uh, Tobias Harris was good in the first half. He had 12 points on, and three assists. And Bede had 10 points, three rebounds, three assists at the half. Um, so, yeah, Cork Maz and um, Howard really big in the first half, and they continued to put up some good minutes in the second half as well. Um, we head into the third quarter, and um, it's a pretty much a 9-0 run to start. Uh, that gave Philly a 14-point lead, um, 64 to 60. Not only to um, start the entire second second half, but uh, the beginning of it. Uh, that prompts an Atlanta timeout. Um, Embiid does uh, start to move kind of gingerly on his um, knee to to uh, moving to the bench on the timeout, but he does stay in the game, so it ended up being nothing. Um, probably probably just favoring it a little bit, just uh, I don't know, maybe just tweaked it just a little bit. But he ends up staying in the game. Didn't really end up being a factor, even though it might have looked like it would have been with him moving kind of gingerly. Um, Maxi hits a layup to end the third quarter, and um, that was just kind of the whole story of the third. The Hawks really got roughed up. Um, Philadelphia go end up going up eighty to sixty two at one point. They had a fifteen to two run. Um, Philadelphia had 19 points in the first five minutes and 29 seconds of the third. Uh, the Hawks did have a chance to kind of cut the lead late because they end up being in the bonus um, in the, late in the third quarter. So they did have a chance to kind of uh, make their way back into it, but it just never really happened. Uh, they trailed by 20 going into the fourth. They lost the third quarter 34-19. to So they trailed 94-74 to heading into the fourth. Um, but... It just never really happened in the fourth either. The Hawks did threaten mildly uh, with some mini runs throughout the fourth, but they could never get the lead under 10. Um, one kind of uh, embarrassing and um, not cool thing happened in the fourth. I mean, Bede kind of fell down hard and was on the ground, and some Hawks fans started to cheer. And uh, that's just not a good look for the Atlanta fan base, uh, especially this being a national TV game. And um, John Collins did wave them off, thankfully, and just um, kind of waved them off, told them that we're not going to do that here. And, yeah, good on John for that. Um, but, yeah, just not a good look for Atlanta from when they do when um, um, cheering for an injury. You never want to see that. It would help the Hawks quite a bit if Embiid did, wasn't playing in the series. I get that. But you still don't cheer on an injury. You don't hope for him to get hurt, and you don't cheer it. Um so that wasn't that wasn't a good moment, especially with the Hawks just getting smoked at the time. It's just not a good look at all. Just a kind of a bad moment for the fan base. And that wasn't everybody, but it was. There was some cheering, and um, it was noted on the broadcast. So, uh, nationally, it was made aware that the Hawks were cheering an injury. The Hawks fans were cheering an injury, rather. Um, and yeah, that was pretty much it for the game. Hawks get smoked in the fourth quarter and um, late late third, early fourth, just not good. Philly wins one twenty seven and one eleven. Um, the just another really rough defensive effort from the Hawks on back to back games. Um, 
the the offense was not an issue in this game. Just kind of, kind of like how what kind of like how it was in game two. The offense was fine. They're scoring at a fine rate, but uh, giving up one hundred twenty seven points isn't going to cut it. Um, we'll get into the individual stuff now. Um, Trey he had twenty eight points, eight assists, nine of seventeen shooting, three of six from three. So he was really solid in this game. Kind of a bounce back after being a little rough around the edges in game two. Collins was really solid in this game. Twenty three points on ten of fourteen shooting. Uh, seven rebounds. He kind of had his moments defensively where he was kind of rough, but a solid offensive performance. Uh, Solomon Hill got started again, like I said, only has one point, um, one rebound, 0 of 2 shooting. He made one free throw, and that was it. Uh, Capella, he, he had a bounce back rebounding-wise with 16 rebounds. Um, only 8 points for him, though, on 3 of 8 shooting, so not very efficient night from him. And Bogey has 19 points on 7 of 13 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3. And he had four rebounds. So an all right night from Bogdanovich. And uh, the bench. Um, Gallinari had another solid night off the bench. He had 17 points. Got to the line nine times, which led the team. Made all nine free throws. Four of nine shooting. And um, Herter did not have another solid game after being unbelievable in game two. Uh, got into some foul trouble. Um, was the main cause of this. Only played 23 minutes. Um, three points. One of six shooting. One of five from three. So... Really a cool-down game for Kevin after just being insane in Game 2. Um, and we'll move on to Philly now. Uh, Tobias Harris had 22 points, 10 of 16 shooting. He was solid in this game. Embiid, 27 points, 7 of 14 shooting. Got to the line 16 times, uh, 1 of 3 from 3. Simmons had 18, uh, 7 from 11 for from the field, 4 of 8 free throws. So... That was another point um, that was mainly in this game with the Hawks trying to make their way back into is that they weren't really hacking Simmons that much. And uh, they did kind of start hacking him, but it was a little bit, uh, it was kind of just too late at that point. Uh, he goes 4 of 8 from free throw, just 50%. So, I get, um, yeah, I probably should have started hacking him earlier just to add some variance into there and uh, try, and, try to just make something random happen and get yourself back into the game. Curry had 12 points, 2 of 5 from 3. Um, and uh, the two big bench contributors, Cork Maz and Howard. Uh, Dwight Howard had 12 points, 4 or 5 um, from the field. He was really big in the second quarter, especially in this game. Uh, 14 points for Cork Maz. 11 came in the first half. So really just big contributions from them in the first half. That really lifted the Sixers. Um, really um, good for them to have a, bit, a bench effort, especially just having really a non-existent bench effort until Shake Milton came in the game. Um, in the fourth quarter or in the third quarter of game two, so they really needed that coming from a. Oh, I just dropped my phone. Uh, sorry about that. Probably gonna be a little loud, but um, where was I? Oh yeah, talking about the bench. Yeah, rough, rough game for the Hawks. Um, because of Cork Maz and Howard, they had a really good first quarter, first half. So yeah, that that's pretty much gonna wrap up all the Hawks talk. They do play game the game four tonight. Uh, Monday night, uh, down 2-1, got another game at home. This is as, about as close as a must-win as you can get um, without being in an elimination game, obviously. Uh, Hawks get down 3-1 this series. It's uh, um, it's wraps. It's wraps, honestly. <laughs> like They can't go down 3-1. They have to win tonight. Um, and I'll not, I will actually be at the game tonight. So um, you might be, if you're listening to us after the game, um, you either know that I am uh, very happy that the Hawks won or – um, down in the dumps because they're down three one and most likely you're most likely the season's over. Um
Coming into the Knights game, Philadelphia is a three-point favorite on the road against the Hawks if you're into that kind of thing. So, yeah, must win, must win for the Hawks tonight. Um, series isn't over by any means. 2-1 is a disaster. Honestly, if you asked me before the series started what I thought the series results would be through three games, I'd probably say 2-1 Philly. Um, it's just kind of weird how they got there winning game one, then dropping the next two. I would have thought they might have gone back and forth, lost game one, won game two, and lost game three. Um, but nonetheless, we're still here, 2-1. Not not a horrible spot. You're not down 3-0. So you really just need to win tonight, and you put yourself back in fine shape uh, to, to have a chance in this series. So that will do it for the Hawks talk. Um, hopefully next week when I'm talking to you, that uh, I think, yeah, by the time next week, the series will be over no matter what. So I think if the Hawks do end up in a Game 7, it will be on next Sunday. So, yeah, we will know next next podcast what the result is or not. So um, hopefully it will be the Hawks pulling out and coming from behind and winning this series. That would be incredible because um, things have gotten really interesting in the East with the Bucks tying up the Nets and um, Harden and Kyrie out. So the door is kind of creaked open for a team besides the Nets to get to the finals. So, yeah, it would be really interesting if the Hawks did end up winning this series. But we will move on to the Atlanta Braves, who had a just a um, – not a disaster – like not a complete disaster week. They go 2-4 and four on the week, which isn't good. But it's not like they went 1-5 and five or 0-6. Oh Could have been worse. But um, two of the four losses were just absolutely um, torturous is the way I'd put it. Just awful losses. Um, some of the worst ways you can lose baseball games, in my opinion. Um, but we will start off with their game on Tuesday. They were in Philadelphia just like the Hawks. It was the Atlanta-Philadelphia sports equinox. Both teams playing across the parking lot from each other against their rivals from Philadelphia. Hawks and Sixers aren't really rivals, but the Braves and Phillies are. And, um, yeah, a pretty big series um, coming into Philadelphia, trying to keep the momentum going um, after winning two or three from the Dodgers. And uh, the Braves do strike first in the first inning of game one with an RBI double from young, thick Austin Riley. Um, Ronald does homer in the third two, uh, 18th of the year, which uh, put him back with the MLB lead. Braves lead two to nothing. And then Bill Contreras homers to get uh, get the run back from Philadelphia that they got, makes it a 3-1 to one game. Um, then Bryce Harper takes Drew Smiley deep on a 3-0 pitch, um, just an absolutely atrocious pitch from Smiley. Um, it's 3-0 to Bryce Harper, just give him first base, but no, he just throws him a meatball and Harper doesn't miss it. It's a 3-2 to two game. Um, Freddie gets it right back, though, with an RBI single, so the Braves kept responding. Each time Philly got a run, but Brian Snitker does strike again as he lets Drew Smiley face the Phillies for a third time again. The third start in a row um, from Smiley that he's done that. And um, you'll never guess what happened. He gives up a run on a Gene Segura double. Um, doesn't make it out of the inning. Edgar Santana comes in, which isn't a popular move at all. But he does he does get out of the jam there. And um, the Braves do lead 4-3 to three, um, despite... Some incompetence yet again for Mr. Brian Snicker. Um, Shane Green makes his season debut and doesn't look good at all. Um, didn't get any help from the umpires, but he gives up the lead in the sixth inning. So uh, rough, rough debut for Shane. Um, however, the Braves run wild in the in the eighth, scoring five runs on an Austin Riley homer, a Bill Contreras single, and some bad Phillies defense. And a Ronald Acuna two RBI single, um, 
that was all they need to end up winning this game. They get the five runs. They win nine to five. Um, the Braves do win um, despite Brian Snicker um, doing some dumb things with Drew Smiley and some um, rough pitching from uh, Smiley and Green. Uh, we'll go over Smiley's um, numbers at the end of the game with. He goes, ends up going four and a third, um, three runs, only two earned, three walks, and zero strikeouts. Just not a solid outing. Um, Should have just gone four and um, only had one earned run. That, that's just kind of what you need to get from him at this point. Um, let him go through the lineup two times, take what you can get, and head to the pen. Um, yeah, like I said, Green had a rough outing, only got one out. Um, gave up two earned runs and a home run to JT Romuto. Um, but, uh, yeah, Mentor, Newcomb Mentor, or, uh, actually Madsick, Newcomb Mentor, Smith, all go scoreless on the Phillies. So, good stuff from the bullpen besides Shane Green, really. Um, and Edgar Santana was also good. Need to note that. So, Braves win 9-5, to and we will head to Game 2, which was a pitcher's duel between Tucker Davidson and Zach Eflin. Um, Tucker Davidson was really good again this game. Um, the game was scoreless up until the sixth inning. Um, the Braves do strike first. Bill Contreras again, RBI single, makes it one to nothing, and that's all the Braves would get in this game. They did end up loading the bases earlier in the game with nobody out, and they got zero runs out of it. Um, wonder if that'll come back to haunt them. Uh, yeah, it does because Will Smith comes in to slam the door in the ninth, up one to nothing, gives up a walk. Runner on first, he's got two outs, and he's got a rookie, Luke Williams, at the plate. His second career game, first career start. Got him 0-1, and, and he just hangs him, a curveball. And Luke Williams, whatever that is, hits a walk-off home run. First career homer, good for him, I guess, but not good for me at all. The Braves lose 2-1 to one in just heartbreaking fashion. Just, yeah, just one of the worst ways you can lose a game, honestly. Um, being up one to nothing and giving up a walk-off homer with two outs to a, a guy in his second career game is just rough. and Yeah. Um, but let's not over, let that overshadow Tucker Davidson, who was awesome. Six innings pitch, just four hits, only one walk, which was an issue for him. He has had some control issues throughout his whole minor career, but only one walk, four strikeouts, so six shutty from Tuck Tuck. You love to see that. Um, but Braves just really can get him any run support. Um, Contreras got the one um, RBI single, and that was it for the Braves' offense. They lose 2-1, to one, and we will head to the rubber match, uh, Game 3. It was a businessman special on a Thursday afternoon, and things got started as followed. Um, Ian Anderson had a really good start in this one. He goes 7 shutout, um, but the Braves can't get a run. Again, um, lack of offense again. Uh, because Zach Wheeler was on the mound for the Phillies, and he was incredible. Um, he's been really good this year. Uh, but we will um, start off in the bottom of the eighth, really, is where the scoring started in this game, because uh, Gene Segura, who is a, just a Braves killer, has an RBI double to put Philly up one to nothing. Uh, the head to the ninth, Hector Neris on the mound to try to close it out for the Phillies, and Freddie ties the game with a solo homer, one to one. We head to extra innings. And the Braves actually hold the Phillies um, in the top of the 10th. They don't give up a run, um, even with the runner on second. Um, so credit credit to them right there to, to hold them um, at one, one run. 
in the 10th. It was Luke Jackson on the mound, actually, so good on him. Good on Luke. He's been really good this year. And then the Braves get um, two runs in the bottom half of the inning on two wild pitches from Jose Alvarado. So just two gifts gifts of runs from the Phillies, and the Braves are up 3-1 to one, heading into the bottom of the 10th. Um, wait, I need to go back and correct something. The Braves did not hold them with the runner on second. Uh, that was the bottom of the ninth. Sorry about that. I got confused for a second. Moving on. Um, so we head to the bottom of the 10th now. They do have a runner on second now, and it will come back and haunt them. Uh, the Bra- Braves bring out Chris Martin to try to slam the door, and he just implodes. He doesn't record an out. Um, he gives up the following. He goes, Alec Bohm single, which scores the runner from second that was placed there because of Rob Manfred. Uh, then he walks Heredia, and then a long single um, on a fly ball from Segura to walk off the game. Um, Bohm scores, then Her- Herrera scores, and the game is over. So it does record it out. Gene Segura walks it off, and the Braves lose back-to-back games on walk-off hits. Just absolutely another just um, disastrous loss, really. After after um, the Phillies just gift you two runs and it's three to one and you lose that game, it's just really really rough. And uh, doing that back to back days is just not good for people like me. Not good for my blood pressure, definitely. And just another frustrating loss for this team. So we will move on to Miami as the Braves will look to bounce back after the abysmal series in Philadelphia. And they start off the series on a good note. Um, Ozzie drives in Ronald in the first inning to make it one to nothing. Um, but then Charlie Morton, who's on the mound for this game, immediately gives it up on a sack fly to old friend Adam Duvall. Um, Adam Duvall has just crushed the Braves this year. Um, he hasn't been very good against anybody else, really, but um, he's really had it out for the Braves ever since they non-tendered him in the offseason. Um, but uh, we will move on from there. Um, Ozzy and Ronnie, again, um, they retake the lead in the third on an RBI double from Ozzy that scores Ronald. So they have accounted for both of the Braves' runs so far in this one. They lead 2-1. to one. Um, Charlie has his patented bad inning in the fourth. Um, every start this year, it seems like he just has the one blow-up inning where the start just kind of gets away from him. And that was the fourth in this game. Uh, he gives up three runs on um, RBI hits from John Birdie and Jazz Chisholm, and uh, that gives the Marlins a 4-2 lead. Uh, Ronald strikes again. He cuts the lead to one on a, in the seventh on RBI double, but the Braves cannot make a comeback, and they drop game one 4-3. Uh, they have now lost three in a row after getting back to 500, which has uh, been a theme of the year. The Braves will get to 500 and just fall apart. So... Uh, moving on to game two, the Braves fall behind early in this one with Max Fried on the mound um, on a sagular for on a, <laughs> a sagular, a sack fly from Jose Aguilar. I guess you call it a sagular if you would like to do that. But um, yeah, the Braves are down one to nothing. <laughs> uh, the Marlins do add on to the fourth and fifth from um, a shocking home run from Adam Duvall. I just can't believe that he's doing that against the Braves. And um, Diaz also hits a solo shot. Braves trail three to nothing. Um, Freddie. It's a two-run homer in the eighth, which cuts the lead to three to two. But um, the Marlins will get the run right back. Jesus Aguilar hits a 58-mile-an-hour single on a check swing. That it was an excuse-me swing. Didn't even mean to hit the ball, but it goes 58 miles an hour right through the hole between first and second, and um, that makes the lead four to two. 
really just a microcosm of the past few days for the Braves, and that's the score they will end up losing by 4-2 to two in Game 2. Uh, Max wasn't incredible in this game. He goes six innings pitched, uh, three earned runs, four strikeouts, two walks. Not horrible, not incredible either, but he did keep the Braves in this game, um, so you can give him credit for that. Uh, Tomlin and Santana coming in, not great um, bullpen work from them. Um, Edgar Santana did give up a, a run, but it was on the Aguilar 50-mile-an-hour single, so I'm not going to hold that too much against him. But those two guys really shouldn't be pitching in these kind of games. Um, the game is still in, in reach, I think. I don't think it should be Edgar Santana in a one-run game. Um, with all due respect to Edgar. Um, but, yeah, we'll move on to game three. It's Drew Smiley again on the mound. And uh, the Braves have a very productive top of the first inning. They score three runs on a Austin Riley two-run single. And um, Heredia gets hit by a pitch with the bases loaded, and that'll be an RBI for him. Uh, so Braves lead 3-1 after after uh, the top of the first. They made Pablo Lopez throw around 40 pitches. Uh, so really made him work and got a few runs out of it, too. Um, to do add-on in the fourth and fifth inning with an Austin Riley homer. So Young Thick strikes again. And uh, Kevin Smith hits an RBI single. And the Braves lead 5 to nothing. So things are looking good. But Brian Snicker does the thing again with Drew Smiley. I've mentioned it numerous times. mentioned it earlier in the podcast because he did it earlier in the week against the Phillies. But he lets, uh, he lets Drew Smiley face the third time of the order again. But this time it's even worse because in the inning before... Braves are up, hitting, the bases are loaded with one out with the pitcher spot up, and Snicker lets Smiley hit for himself. With the top of the order lurking, due up in the next inning for the Marlins. So he's already went through the order two times exactly, and Snicker lets him hit with the bases loaded. And he he hits into a double play, but it wasn't a standard double play. He actually hit the ball hard to center to Starling Marte, and um, Adriaja got thrown out at home to end the inning. So it wasn't just like a 6-4-3 or anything like that. But, um, yeah, not good process um, nonetheless. you got to put in somebody to pinch hit right there. Um, I understand if it's like Max Fried or Ian Anderson or something and you want them to keep going, but this is Drew Smiley. And um, I, you'll never guess what happened when he faced the order for a third time. Um, he gives up two runs. And, <laughs> yeah, he gave, gave up two runs to them. Um, it doesn't come back to haunt the Braves, though. They do win this game. Um, Ender actually homered in this game his first homer of the year and it was off a lefty which was just very surprising but good for ender um yep the marlins do try to make a little comeback but they come up short uh the braves win six to four and this one um they salvage uh, a game of the series breaking their four game losing streak and um both the, the games the braves won this week drew smiley started <laughs> which is just kind of funny how that works he wasn't like great or anything in these games but um both of the games they won, it was Drew Smiley on the hill. He went to he finished the fifth inning. Um, only get, it, his his line isn't horrible. Um, it's five innings pitched, two hundred runs, six strikeouts. So probably one of his better rounds of the year actually. Um, but it, you would have just taken the four innings pitched, zero earned runs over the five innings pitched, two earned runs. And um, who knows what happens if you like bring up Pablo right there to hit with the bases loaded. Um, this is all kind of a kind of a mute point at this this point because the Braves do end up winning the game so it doesn't cost them. If the Braves lost this game this would have been harped on a lot more but they don't. Uh, they win 6-4 to four, they salvage the series, break the losing streak. They're at 30-33 and 33 on the year 
Not a great spot, but um, it could be worse, I guess. Uh, there's five games back of the Mets in the stands right now. Two games back of the Phillies, who have the Braves might have inadvertently um, heated the Phillies up with that um, those walk-offs. They've won four straight. They've swept the Yankees over the weekend, so they're a game over 500 and second right now. And the Braves trailed them by two games. Um, so yeah, Braves not in a great spot. Didn't have a great week, um, and they don't have a super favorable schedule this week either. They are off on Monday. Uh, then they have two at home against the Red Sox, who are a really good team this year. Um, and then they have a four-game home set from Thursday to Sunday with the Cardinals, who are um, a solid team in the NL Central. So six uh, games against playoff-caliber teams coming up this week. And um, they can rectify this bad week if they can go like 4-2, and 5-1 on the week and um, start to scratch their way back to around 500. Hopefully they can get there and actually get above 500. They haven't been above 500 all year. Um, they're one of three teams in baseball that have not gotten above 500, which is just insane because the other two teams are really bad. I don't know who they are, but they're bad teams. Um, but, yeah, the Braves have gotten to 500, I think, four times this year, and they've uh, had at least a three-game losing streak after each time they get to 500. Just bizarre stuff. I don't know why this is happening. It's just so weird, and it's just baseball. It's just weird stuff happens, but they're still down the worst spot. They're three games under, but at least they're in the NL East is all i got to say because if they're in any other division, the season will be looking really bleak right now. And since, they, um, since they're since they in the one of the weaker divisions in baseball, they're fine. I'm not in a good spot, but they're like not out of it, only five games out. But if they're in the NL West right now, they'll be in fourth place and would be – let me see how many games back they would be. Like they would be around seven games out, seven and a half, eight games out. So, yeah, thank God that we're in the NL East and the Mets are our first-place team. And the the Mets aren't the Dodgers or the Red Sox or one of the better teams in baseball, I don't think. They have Jacob DeGrom. They've had good pitching. But I, I, I think the Mets are good, but I don't think the Mets are elite. I'll just say that. Um, I think the Braves can make their way back into this, even though it's I've been I've been saying that for weeks now. Everyone's been thinking, like, when is this team going to start clicking and when is there, when are they going to run off a, a winning streak and a uh, take control of this division just hasn't happened yet um and i'm still holding out hope that that will happen so and that's going to do it for all the braves talk and that'll do it for the episode as well um i will see y'all in the next one on monday hopefully we are celebrating the hawks winning this series against philadelphia and the braves having a good week against the red sox and the cardinals um if you made it this far Listen to this whole thing. Listen to me talk for however long it's been. I really appreciate it. Um, And I will see y'all in the next one. Thank you for listening.